Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Four Corners is from Toronto, Ontario, and is the house DJ for every single home game played by the Toronto Raptors. With the Raptors playing the Golden State Warriors in the 2019 NBA Finals, I met with Four Corners at a restaurant in downtown Toronto to talk about how he became the Raptors' first and only DJ, how he interacts with players and fans with the music he plays, his perspectives on this historic season for the Raptors, and his prediction for this best-of-seven series. With the support of listeners like you who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly pledges at patreon.com slash creative control plus in-kind support from CFRU 93.3 FM, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, this is the 479th episode of Creative Control featuring DJ Four Corners with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Four Corners, thank you for making time for me today. No problem. It's a great time right now. Yeah, so it is a great time for fans. What a time. <laughs> How? Explain it. Express yourself. What are your feelings as the Raptors are about to begin the finals against the Warriors? Honestly, I mean, we're a few days after winning that game to clinch, and it still almost doesn't feel real. Hmm. Like, I'm still... Every day I wake up, I'm like, this is... It's actually it's happening. Yes. And every day it's a day closer and we're in the preparation stages and getting things ready and everything I do it, I'm like, yo, this is like, it's a real thing. <laughs> I mean, it's, and it's not a surprise. It's, it's strange because it's not a surprise. We've been working towards this for a few years now. And like, I know people can't, listening can't see this, but I've had this, the, the NBA trophy on my phone since October. Wow. Because I've decided this is the year. Now, what made you decide that? We got Kawhi. I mean, that had a big part of it. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. I mean, I've been with the team for a long time, but we've been beating against this wall for the past, I would say, five years, Mm -hmm. legitimately. Mm -hmm. We've been an elite team for the past four or five years, and we've been just getting better, but just not able to get over that hump. Is the hump a LeBron James-sized hump? That's definitely a factor. (laughs) I thought last year we would have been able to do it because he didn't have the supporting cast, and then somehow he pulled it off. 
and we last were heartbroken. Year was, last year was hard. They both had really hard series before they met, and yeah. then I was not expecting that. Yeah, no, man. But, that one was heartbreaking, yeah. but... Again, in the offseason and then the move with Kawhi, as much as I hated to see DeMar go, I was w- well aware of who Kawhi Leonard was. And then Danny Green also, which yes. is a steal in that deal. Yeah, right. So from that, I would say it was around that time that I was like, you know what, this is, this is the one. This is the year. I think your perspective on this organization and your work, and we're going to talk about what you do mm-hmm. uh, in more detail, but... I mean, in a in a nutshell, you're the DJ. You yes. you you're at every game, and you're you're providing a soundtrack for the games. But I would think almost more than other people involved in the organization, you are a fan as much as you are an employee, so to speak. Is that Absolutely. fair? Absolutely. Oh, one one million percent. I mean, I'm not trying to. I'm sure everyone who's involved is a big fan. No, we all are. But <laughs> I mean, I can only speak for myself personally. Yeah. I grew up playing basketball. Right. I've been in love with the NBA my entire life it feels like and also in love with music and when I got the opportunity to put them together that was like gangbusters that was the best thing ever I want to talk about that so first of all where are you from I'm from Toronto you're from born Toronto. And raised. born and raised in Toronto okay so how do you get into music first of all you're as I say you're the Raptors DJ how, yeah. do, how do you start playing how do you start making music how did I originally yeah yeah music's just always been in my life my dad was actually a musician first before he became a chef and he um, kind of let that go to start a family, become like get a quote unquote regular job, what have you. But I feel like that was always there. And he would always encourage me in a way. And again, like I said, I was playing basketball, but music was always around. He had an amazing record collection in the house. And I always messed around with music. And when I think back now, the first party that I ever DJed was my 12th birthday party. Your, your own My birthday? own birthday party. Your present to yourself yes, is I'm going to turn this party out. It wasn't even <laughs> like it was just a regular thing. That was the first time I, I DJed in front of people, I guess, because I kind of always did because he had turntables and a modest mixer right. and his just dope record collection of all classics. Okay. And I always messed around with them, but I never did it any, in, a, in any serious way. I just always kind of, it was just always there. So your father was a musician. What was his primary He instrument? played guitar. He played guitar. Yeah. Would we know your father? Um, probably not. Okay. His like close moment. And it's like, I want to, I don't want to say he regrets it, but he brought it up to me a few times. Like, "Mm, this could have been a thing. Uh, You know, um, Parliament Funkadelic. Of course. So he was gigging in a band and open for a parliament and George Clinton and the guys were interested in him and another member of the band of his band Uh and wanted them to come on tour with them. And his mom said, no, he was really young. So his mom, mom, my grandmother, said, there's no way (laughs) 17-year-old, my son, is going on tour with these guys. Sure. So I'm a parent. I would probably be like, eh. Right? Maybe not. That was that. So he was super into music. Okay. And it's in my blood from that. And then he was just always playing music in the house. And he always had these turntables. I'm not even sure why he had turntables and mixer because he was never a DJ. But it was there. Yeah. Like your father was into guitar music and it sounds like sort of. Funk oriented music. Yeah, it was a funk band. So how do you make the 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 sort of realization that you can do something in music, but you're going to head towards DJ? It was completely by accident. I again, like I said, I've been fooling around with the records, but not taking it seriously. Played basketball my whole life. Got through high school, was a star on the team, whatever, whatever. Cool. Got to university, tried out. I went to York University, tried out for the varsity team there. Made it to the final cut. Did not make the team. Oh man! So now I'm. Of course, I'm, I'm like devastated. Now, I'm 6'2", yeah. and we were standing earlier, yeah. 
How tall yeah, are you? I'm five eight. Yeah, you got so they had that I was, against you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the guy that beat me out was six one. Okay. Not gonna say not gonna say it's an excuse. No. But, but I mean it's basketball. It's a factor. It's the taller it. you are, the better it is. Absolutely. So anyway, so long story short, I didn't make the team, but I'd always been playing organized sports. So from that point on, I had found myself with some free time. Okay. Okay. I still played ball. Yeah. But I wasn't playing on an actual organized team so i didn't have practices i didn't have to be at games all the stuff that goes with that mm-hmm. and at the same time i started going to parties because i'm in university now i'm old enough i can drink sure so i started going to parties at that time and that's when i discovered like actually paid attention to the dj in the room oh like okay. i'd always known about jazzy jeff and like jam master J and like the legendary djs that I'd seen on TV. Sure. But I'd never really seen it up close. So that was the first time I saw it in my face, right there in front of me. These guys up in the DJ booth controlling this entire room and the energy in it. So you, seems to me, like, were you ever a DJ in a sort of hip-hop sense? Were you a DJ for MCs or were you primarily a party DJ? No, I learned about DJing and DJ culture from parties. Okay. So that's so what, that, that was, was my idea. I mean, I knew of, like I said, I knew of the DJs that I would see yeah, on TV that yeah. were... DJs for rappers or part of a rap group. Yeah. But my initial introduction to the culture itself was at parties. Okay. They were rocking parties and I thought that was awesome. Okay. So I started hanging out with the DJs. I started showing up early and helping them carry their records into the club so I could get in for free and just check it out. Just like be a fly on the wall, see what it is that they're doing. And that developed into me taking it up as a hobby myself into taking it a little bit more seriously. Then a couple things happened and I just ended up like, I guess I'm a DJ now. <laughs> and so that became your job. That became, yeah, through a series of events, it became my, my profession. Okay. So how take us from that professional, you know, it's your job, to how you end up being the DJ for the Raptors. I assume this is a highly coveted gig. It might, be a, might have been hard to get. How do you get from um, the Raptors? DJ? Yeah, well, the thing with that is it didn't even exist before me. Oh, you, you were the first one. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, now it's a highly coveted gig. For sure. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of DJs are praying on my downfall. As much as they <laughs> love and enjoy what I do, they, they'd love to be in that place. I get sure, it. Sure, sure. But yeah, it was not, it didn't exist. So you, okay, that's more interesting. What was, <laughs> before, so the team starts in 95. 95. When, let's I just, started in 05. You started 10 years later. Yeah. Before that, what was going on? They were just playing music just like they did at every other sporting event around the world just like in the PA system yeah okay so the first sports team to have a DJ was the Miami Heat Mm. a DJ by the name of DJ Irie who's a legend in the game okay and through coincidentally the uh, people from Maple Leaf Sports who own the Raptors attended a, a, a Miami Heat game not too long prior to when the connection with me came up okay saw that there was a DJ there Thought it was cool. Thought that would maybe work in this market, but they had no idea. These are a bunch of people that work in an office in this stadium. They don't know DJs. They don't know who would be good for this job or if it even would work. Right. The VP of marketing happened to be at an event that I was DJing and saw what I was doing and approached me and asked me about it. Like, kind of just put it out there. Like, oh, we saw this. We're kind of thinking about it. What do you think? And obviously, I was super, super stoked about that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So she gave me her card, and I harassed her for a few weeks. Got an interview, did an audition in the empty stadium. You had to audition in the empty stadium? Me and my partner at the time had to set up. They set up a DJ booth for us in the empty stadium on an off day, put some cameras in our faces, and said, go. 
Right, because you're on camera too on the jumbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the, on the but this was no. Yeah. But this was for the purpose of selling it internally. Right, of course. So they put the camera on us and said, "Go do what you would do if this place was full." Okay. So we had to pretend like acting, rocket for like ten minutes. They took those tapes, went upstairs, had some meetings, whatever, whatever. Then we got the phone call saying, "Yeah, we're gonna try it out." Now, when you started, was there in-game music? Because that's the thing as a as a fan. I've often wondered about this. Like, as the play is going on now, and you can see it if you're watching on TV yeah. too, you will hear music going yes. on while people are playing. It's and unique I, to basketball, right? It is. And I used to think, how can they do that? It gotta be. It's got to be distracting to the players. Like, how does it work? But when you started, was that the case? Were you playing? No, there, there, there was. There always has been. Like, okay. there's the defense chance and whatever. Well, of course, that's true. And then there's just like these little short instrumentals that they started doing. Mm-hmm around the time that I started. Okay, okay. Like, that was implemented. It was like, let's let's add some more. Sp- I mean, hip-hop and basketball are, are married. They always have Yes, them. yes. So just play some hip-hop beats under the game, and it just brings the energy up a little bit. So do you ever hear from the players about, like, hey, man, every time you play Money City Maniacs by Sloan, <laughs> I get out of my zone here. I don't know what nah, to do. No, man, they're pros. They're, they're pros. pros. They like, never ask you for requests. They never say anything. I mean, the odd time I'll get some requests, Really? But the requests are not for during the game. They're for the warm-ups. Okay. Because that's the time that they're just getting in the zone, whatever, whatever. During the actual game, those guys are so pro that I'm not even sure they hear specifically what songs are playing. They're, they hear music. They're focused they're on zoned the game. In. Okay. The music at that point is for the fans. It's for everybody to else to like have a great time, bring the energy up, get them on their feet. And that translates to the energy on the court. Now, you mentioned that for your audition, you had to, to play a set for an empty stadium. Yes. How much of what you do is improvised in terms of what's going on in the as a reaction to what's happening on the floor? How much are you like, okay, we need to get everybody amped up or what, whatever? I, I would s- say it's probably 50-50. Yeah. Because there are some things that are scheduled, like contests or specific, like, we're doing a kiss cam or something like that. There's specific songs that go along with these things. So mm-hmm. that's already in a script for me. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's all we go with it. And so how often you mentioned hip hop is integral to um, to basketball. Like yeah. it's part of it. And I want to talk more about that with you in a moment. But you like I mentioned Sloan, you mm-hmm. play classic rock and pop songs. How often are you shuffling and whatever's maybe popping like yeah. whatever's cool. So how often are you? adapting and like is it every game you're adding a song and taking a song away seeing well, what no. works see that's the thing when the vp of marketing first saw me djing that's what she liked i was playing all different kinds of music because mm-hmm. i've just always loved all different i grew up in toronto yes like being from here alone the influence of my friends the influence of my parents tv radio what have you i grew up on everything right so, so so everything and 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 you're a party starter now. Yeah, and I and, and I, I learned about DJing from the clubs. At the clubs, music that people can dance to. That's that's what the genre is. Right. It's not about specifically hip hop or specifically dance hall or anything. Or that's not the, that's not where I gravitated towards. I liked the environments where you never know what's coming next. But you have a lot of control as as a tone setter, as a yeah. mood setter. Like are you is there ever a point where if it, say the other team's on a run? Yeah. Are you going to play something that sort of calms <laughs> the vibe down a little well, bit? No. What I what I would do is play something that I think is motivational for our fans I see. Okay. to get us going. Okay. So okay. it's like, that's not... Yeah, I'm never really concerned too much with what the other team's doing. Okay. Now, you grew up in Toronto. We are in a weird 
point, it seems to me, or it's a magical point. It's the best point. It's the best point. We have seen our Raptors ascend to be, you know, globally recognized by basketball fans because of making making the finals and just because of the way in general. Been yeah, in we've, general, been, we've yeah. been a rising team. It's been dope. It seems to me that that has paralleled with Toronto being considered a mecca for hip hop. Oh yeah. So. What's your perspective on those parallels? Are they are they parallels? Are they connected? They're very, very, very connected. And it was like solidified the day Masai Ujiri said, hey, Drake, do you want to be actually a part of the organization? Because Drake's been coming to games for years. Right. But the moment when it was decided, okay, we're going to add him as an integral part of the organization. We're going to have OVO-branded nights yes, yes. and all that. Yeah. That was like the culminate. It was like the official, like the signing of the, okay, this is the declaration. Hip hop in Canada and in Toronto and this team, we're now the same. And we're moving forward together. And like in the past five years, like you've seen it, Drake has been big, but he's never been as big as he is now. Yes. The Raptors have been big, but never been as big as we are now. Yes. So and what's going on there? Do you think is it just awesome, that you awesome stuff? Is it just that they both <laughs> they've both redefined what they like? They're both they're, they're, one's in a sport, one's in a, a realm, a musical realm, a cultural yeah. realm. Are we at a point where they've each redefined some aspect of their realms? Absolutely, and it's I mean timing is everything, and the timing on this could not have been. You couldn't write this. It's true, you couldn't. Like it's the best possible thing. Ever. And to be in the middle of it is, I can't even describe how I feel right now. Do you have a sense, like, I don't know how much interaction you have with the players, mm -hmm. if, if at all. Like you say, occasionally you'll get requests. Do you have a sense of whether some of the longstanding players for the Raptors are immersed in Toronto music? Like, like a Drake is there. Right. And Drake has changed the game. But right. There's lots of different, you grew up in Toronto, you yeah. know that it's a, it's a mosaic. There's a lot of underground rap that's popping right now, too. Mm -hmm. Do you have any insight on that? Do you know if the players are like, I'm in this city, I might as well check out what's going on. Maybe they're listening to Broken Social Scene or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, do you have any sense of that? I think that there are certain artists that have become prevalent enough that like, they're enough on the radar. They're not super famous worldwide just yet. Some of them are getting there. The musicians, you mean? Musicians, yeah. yeah but are like buzzing enough that definitely the players... Anyone in this city that's into rap music, you can't help but have heard of Pressa or Killy or 88 Glam or, you know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's some names that pop up that like, that are not quite the Drakes or the Tory Lanes or, or somebody in that realm yet yeah. that they know of. And then also it's not even just hip hop. There's like, there's Jesse Reyes, there's Shawn Mendes, there's Daniel Caesar, yeah. obviously The Weeknd. There's all these other types of artists that... It's all happening right now, and every and we all know. And, and the pride for it yeah. is more now than ever before. I mean, you and I, bro, you grew up in Toronto as well? No, I actually grew up just outside of Toronto. Like okay. Cambridge, so, I mean, Guelph. Yeah. You must have felt it a little bit from the Tri-City area. No, no, like, no. I came here all the time. Yeah. I feel like a part of the city. I mean, anyone in this southern Ontario, I think, if you're immersed in culture and life. Right. This, you, is, the, yeah. this is the center of it a little for bit, yeah. the, the province. Yes. For the country. For the country in, in, in a lot of ways. Someone um, in Edmonton is going to be angry that we yeah. said that. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. But it's true. Yeah. No, I mean, for enter- it's just like the States. Yeah. For entertainment, the entertainment hub of the U.S. is not Nebraska. It's, it's no su- L.A., it's yeah. New York. It's no surprise that Canada's only basketball team currently is in Toronto. Right. Yeah, yeah. And there's never been so much pride for it. Yeah. Like, we, when we grew up, when I was 10 years old, 15 years old, the biggest rapper in the world was not from Toronto. Right. You know what I mean? The biggest artists were not Canadian. Right. Not in, not in black music, at least. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Rock bands, maybe. Like Brian Adams, Celine Dion. Yeah. Shania Twain. I mean, you say that the brass were impressed by how diverse and eclectic your musical selections were. Do, and that might be in comparison to what they heard in Miami or wherever else. Right. Do you think that those impulses that you have are because you live in a city like Toronto? One million percent. The okay. way that I look at music and the world is because of where I'm from. Because Toronto is often uh, labeled as this really multicultural city. We're hearing more from underrepresented voices about what that really means. Yeah. But that I don't think you can actually dispute that all of that stuff, that multicultural milieu, it does feed into our music. Absolutely. Like when, when Drake puts out a record and you kind of hear, you know, Soka influenced or whatever else. Yeah. I think that's because he's here. Exactly. And I can hear that with indie rock bands, exactly. too. Exactly. And that's the reason why... I was approached in the first place because yeah. I was able to take what is traditionally acceptable and known in, in Canadian culture musically right. and blend it with what's coming. Right. And she saw that. I'm so happy she saw that and was like, what you're doing, I feel like you can make a lot of different kind of people happy Right. in a short time. Let's do it. And you're doing it. That's what I do. That's what you do. So are you, are you at every home game? Every home game. How's that going for you? You don't <laughs> have, right. is it, it's, okay. it seems like a bit of a grind. That's a lot of games. It's no, it is. But you know what though? It's I mean, it's a dream job. It's the greatest <laughs> position. It's the greatest job. It's the most fun. I love basketball. I love the Raptors. So I'm legit watching the games. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm able to do what it is that I'm passionate about, which is play music. Right. So there's nothing. Ba- I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a job. So there are the odd days when I'm like, oh man, I'm kind of tired. I. I wish there wasn't a game today. I wish I didn't have to go to work. But the second I get there, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, all that's gone. Because you got to be like you're energizing people and then it energizes you. Yeah. That's and, the- it's, and it's taxing, man. Like at the end, they get some games when, you know, it's like that double overtime we had a couple yeah. like, last week. Yeah. I was drained. I was sick that day. <laughs> oh, no. So I was drained. <laughs> I was drained. But you know what? I would do not regret. Be- I, I wouldn't change a thing. Physically, emotionally drained. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's the plight of a sports fan and a performer. So you're both. Doing both. <laughs> Doing the most. <laughs> what about your moniker? What about your name? Where does that come from? Your DJ name? Uh, that is a long story, but I'll, I'll condense it. Okay. Originally... There were four members of Four Corners. Oh. That didn't work out, clearly. 
You were a collective. We were a collective, yeah. Because when I came up, the DJ crew that was in Toronto that I thought was like everything was the Baby Blue Sound crew. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, they had shuffled, they shuffled members. But when they were at their height, when they had a record deal, when they were on TV, there was four guys. So me being a naive kid, trying to be like, oh, I'm going to do this DJ thing. Okay, I don't want to do it by myself. I want to build a click. And it just turned out that it was four, four of us. Okay. And uh, a couple other reasons why the name came about, but like that was one of the main things. The second thing was I've always liked the expression, the four corners of the world. Well, it's like I, I only asked because we were talking about how diverse and eclectic your musical taste yeah. is. And it doesn't seem to me that as an artist, you view music as having limitations. No, I don't. You're trying to view speak anything to the, yeah. with limitations. I'm like, I flow. Okay. So the four corners of the earth part was like, when I got into DJing, I saw local DJs, and then I saw superstar DJs. Okay. And I'm like, if I'm going to pick like a lane, if I want to do something, I want to do that. I want to travel the world. I yeah. want to see everything. I want to do, do this in Paris. I want to do this in Tokyo. I don't want to just do this here. Yeah. As great as Toronto is, the world's bigger than any one city. Yeah. So those two things and a few other things combined is what the name came up with, and then... Over time and through, you know, trials and tribulations of life and business, it has come down to just me for the past six, seven years. Okay. And that you're holding and I'm it down. Super, yeah, I'm super <laughs> happy with that. You know what? It's, it's a lot easier to not have other cooks trying to, I don't know. I was an only child for a long time. Mm-hmm. My I, brothers are super yeah. way younger than I am. And I kind of like things my way. And I don't know. Maybe I pushed them out in in unknowingly. I don't know, but like sure, it is sure. what it is. I like it like this. It's fine. I just was curious. I yeah, mean, yeah. I think we got a lot there. Uh, the only other question I have about your role with the team is: Do you ever travel with the team? I do not. Ever. N- I mean, what if you're like, I really want to go see this? No, game. I could. Yeah, I totally could. Uh-huh. And like, I've been to other NBA cities to to check out games, and like, I just contact the gamer operations with them, yeah. especially teams that have DJs. Um, and I just go in and like I'll check, I'll shadow them and see how they do it and get the inner workings of their entertainment staff and all that. Right. But I haven't. I considered. And I always kind of said, if we get to the finals, I'm going to go to every game. Are you going to go to every? I am game? not because Jurassic Park is amazing. Right. Oh, that's true. So that's a the, whole other thing we yeah. haven't talked about. So during the home games, I mean, Jurassic Park happens every game. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. During the home games, obviously, I'm in the arena, rocking it. But during the away games. I DJ at Jurassic Park. You do. You're you're doing that. Yeah. Okay. So you're there. Are you on stage with Drake and everybody yeah. is showing up? Okay. All right. So yeah, we watched the game together last. I saw last the week. Yeah, reaction yeah, yeah. shots when when you guys. That was us play. jumping around. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm not missing that for anything. Like as much as I would love to go watch the games in in uh, Golden State. Man, the energy in Jurassic Park. Like you can't beat that. That's. Absolutely. No Look, words. I've never been in it for the games. Oh, you got to come. I got to come at some point. I know. You have to. I'm a dad and I live in Guelph and my son wants to watch the games with me now and I don't. Maybe uh, I could drag okay. him down. Maybe I should drag him down. There's lots of kids there. I know, but he's. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to keep him up too late. He's exhausted as it is. You mentioned Drake. Interacting with Drake. What is that like? You mentioned his impact on the team. Uh, there's been some. In the last series with the Bucks, people were like, that was just dumb. Uh, I don't understand. Was he was just having fun, I thought. That was dumb. They were and, just and Steph, to his credit, who's friends with Drake, said, yeah. you know, people don't people dog on people when they're having fun. The Bucks were just salty because well, things were not going well. Well, I've never... And uh, nobody likes somebody jumping around and laughing and pointing when you're not doing well. Yeah, absolutely. But 
it's sports. What do you think 20,000 people are there doing? Exactly. We're all doing it. Yeah. Every single one of us. So So his excitement is contagious too. He's an infectious oh, yeah. guy. I mean as a performer, he's an infectious yeah. performer. When you're with him, like what are your interactions like? Is he always amped up? Is he One watching the game? Yes. But outside of that? Other than that, no, he's pretty chill. Yeah. I mean, I've known him since before he was famous. Okay. So I've seen the progression of... The only thing I can say that's different about him now versus then is he's way more guarded now. Absolutely. Because obviously he has to be. Yeah. So he around people he knows, cool. People he doesn't know, there's like usually like two or three people in between so that you can't really get to him like that. Sure. Okay. But yeah, watching the game last week, we were jumping around, hugging each other, like just wiling out enjoying so he's got uh, tattoos of steph curry and kevin durant right? does he i believe he has both on his arm i did not know that <laughs> so <laughs> i feel like it's uh, is there enough time to get those removed <laughs> you might have to laser them up yeah what is your thought process as a fan and as an employee going into the finals obviously i know the answer is like we're gonna win but seriously like this is a juggernaut this warriors it is you know what though but here's the thing and this is why i'm happy it's happening now not versus like any other time in our history we've been banging on the door yeah for a few years now we've been an elite team for a few years now nobody has ever nobody i've not once heard anyone say cinderella season right we've not had a cinderella season we we had the best record in the nba last year you know what I mean? Like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We've yeah. had the second best record this year. Yes. This is not some fluke. This is not some, wow, how the hell did they do this? Right. This has been building for years. We're playing against the Golden State Warriors, who, yeah, they are a juggernaut. They've been in the finals the last five years. Mm-hmm. They've won it the last two. They're going to trying to three-peat. Mm-hmm. But, but if you take this in, we have home court advantage. Yes. So, like, there's not really a question as to whether or not we're in their class. And on top of that, we have arguably the best player in basketball on our team now. Michael Jordan's heir, apparently. You know what I mean? Like, there's Kawhi been a Leonard. lot of yeah. comparisons. And, yeah. like, as a two-way player, he is undisputedly the best. Like, he's a crazy scorer and a, the best defender. He is a fantastic. I there's am- a lot of guys that they can, like Steph Curry, of course. Yeah. Steph Curry doesn't play defense like Kawhi Leonard. No. Kevin Durant is a better defender, but still doesn't play defense quite like Kawhi Leonard. Right. And as we're speaking, is not on the roster at the moment. Well, yeah. Right. So when we're talking the best player, it's almost undisputed, almost undisputed, that Kawhi is that. Yeah. We've never had that. That's true. If you have the best player in the game on your team, plus a strong supporting cast, you're not really that heavily an underdog. It should be stated as well, for those who don't know, that in the regular season series, the Raptors won both games against the Golden State Warriors. Yes, which doesn't matter that much, but it kind of matters. Regular season is different than the playoffs, but it's been proven we can beat this team. It's not like they were, were no match for them. Let me put it something to you mm-hmm. objectively. Yes. I am objectively a fan of the Golden State Warriors. This, some people really hate them. Okay. Are you a fan? Are you an, are, are respectful of their abilities as a team? I mean, they're a great team for sure. Okay. For sure. There's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody can like, you can be mad if you want. They're a great team. They have a, an all-star cast. Right. They have like future Hall of Famers, uh, plural, right. on their team. So, of course, and that's why they built this dynasty. I was not the biggest fan, and I've said this, I've, I'll go on record anywhere and say this, I was not the biggest fan of Kevin Durant going to Golden State after they were already where uh-huh. they were. Uh-huh. Like, you're adding one of the best players to the already best team. Kind of unfair. It's like the playground when all the big kids play on one sure, team. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. But that said... 
we got some big kids on our team too. Yes, you do now. We do now. So yeah, there's some people are saying, uh, they've been saying since October, oh, Golden State's going to win. LeBron's not there anymore. Yeah. The Lakers are not going to do it. Golden State's going to win. No problem. It's like, doesn't work that way. I think Toronto. It is, doesn't work that way. If there's any yeah. team that's going to give them a fight, it's us. All right. No, I appreciate that. I know you can't. You can't be unbiased. But no, I no, I'm super. No, I'm super. I mean, you're being. No, obje- you're I'm, trying to be objective. I'm a basketball fan. Right. I'm a basketball fan first. Okay. If I thought that we didn't have a shot, I'd be like, hey man, you know what? It's good that we got here. It's cool. That's not how I feel. Okay. I feel like you know what? We're in the game. We have a real legitimate shot. We have home court advantage. We have the best player in the world on our team. We have a supporting cast. We have Kyle Lowry, who, like, remember when people would say, oh, Kyle Lowry doesn't show up in the playoffs? Well, I mean... That's old news now. It is. You remember when people said, well, no big players want to play in Toronto? That's old news now. It is. You're right. I'm with you. Things have changed. I'm not against you here. No, no, no. I know. <laughs> uh, so I'm just, I'm just like, these are the reasons why I feel this way. Like, yeah. they, it's different now. I agree. It's different now, and we're here. Legitimately, we deserve to be here. Like, I don't think... Golden State is taking us lightly at all. No, they're prepping. Yeah, like I saw, Steve Kerr had dinner with uh, with Popovich yeah. a couple of days ago, trying to like get some insight on Kawhi. Oh, I'm sure. is that what was going yeah. on? Huh. Like, huh. they don't like they know we're a re- we're really really here. And no, then absolutely how aggressive it is. Like I felt almost bad for Milwaukee on Saturday mm. during that fourth quarter run. Yeah, almost bad. A little bit. Almost. Not that much. No. More, more after the in the same way that I kind of felt almost bad for Philly after we beat them, it's like oh people were crying yeah people, that was sad it is I can't imagine what it must feel like to walk into that building as the opposing team yeah with just that many people just like yeah your building your building you're yeah, talking yeah, about. yeah 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 because yeah. like been for to, a team to come in here yeah it's aggressive man it, it is it's aggressive so i think i have a bit of toronto sports fan doubt that lingers with me you know just because you're from toronto yeah we cheer for our team i think that's old now it is i think that's old. And you know why you know also why i think it's old there were times and again i've been here this is season number 14 for me right so i've been there through all the Bosch years the damar years to now generally the team, people are behind the team. Yeah. The minute things start to go a little bit left, yeah. you start to hear the grumbles and the boos. Right, right, right. I haven't heard that in a long time. Right. When things are not, not going well, people start cheering louder. It's more like, come on, man, let's go. Let's pick it up. Let's go. As yeah. opposed to, ah, oh, here we go again. It used to be here we go again. Right. Now it's let's go. Good. That's good. That's yeah. good to hear. So we're, it's different now. To wrap up, do you want to make a prediction about this series? Raptors in seven. Seven games. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's going to be easy for either team. Yeah. I think it's going to come down to that. And I have faith that we will, if at home, because we, we, again, home court advantage. Game seven will be in Toronto. So, okay, that's true. With so- everything on the line, I think that our fans and the noise in there and will be the edge. So, given your role on the team and in terms of interacting with the fans, if you could send a message to fans about how they interact with what you do, and support the team, what would you say? I would say come out, prepare to be as loud as possible. Everything that we've been doing, that times 100. Okay. Because the energy that is going on in this city, the players feel it, man. The players really, really, really feel it. Like every time you see them and talk to them about it, they'll be like, yo, it's like they've, they've never experienced anything like this. And when people ask me as well, it's like, yo, do you think Kawhi's staying? Like, I don't know how anybody would want to leave this. 
I agree. This energy that's flowing through this city right now is like un- un- unlike anything that I or any of these guys have ever felt. I am with you. I feel it too. And I, I want to say, like, I, I enjoyed this. I, it was a pleasure. I thank you for being on the show and for talking to me. No and, problem. And I, I wish you, on behalf of me and other fans. <laughs> and your son. And, and my son, uh, I wish you all the best of luck and good luck with your role. And let's, let's do this. Let's go Raptors. Very, very special thanks to DJ Four Corners from the Toronto Raptors for being on this, the 479th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and uh, also everything else, Spotify, YouTube, Audio Boom, all sorts of things. If you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. That's V-I-S-H-K-H-A-N-N-A.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at Vish Creative, or follow me directly at Vish Khanna. Oh, and you can listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time around the world at CFRU.ca or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit Patreon.com slash Creative Control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast humming along it's a modest patreon we have it would be nice if it were more immodest i guess just dreadfully uncouth just like so much so much money what i I shouldn't have even said that anyway thank you for your support if you support the show and if you don't please consider it patreon.com slash creative control thanks again to pizza trocadero the bookshelf planet bean coffee and granddad's donuts for their in-kind support for this show thank you to jim guthrie my friend Jim Guthrie. That's me. Some music of his for the show. You can learn more about him at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode featuring four corners of the Toronto Raptors. I'm very excited about the NBA Finals. I can't wait to watch them. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening to this show and other episodes and subscribing to the podcast. And that's all I have to say. I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now. you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. On Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.